Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What up? It's Casey Coop from Casey's Freak Show podcast. And I'll be at Stan Lee's LA Comic Con at the LA Convention Center October 27th through the 29th. Come meet me there and check out all of Meltdown Comics panels. It's going to be rad as hell. I'll see you there. Wow, it's so good to be back. Oh, hello. It's me, Casey Coop, presenting yet another rad episode of Casey's Freak Show podcast. I had to miss a week because my parents were in town and we were actually getting along. If you want another sign that the world is ending. But I'm so happy to be back on my shit here today with the fabulous as fuck Danielle Perez. She's a stand-up comic, an actress, host of the Thigh Gap comedy show. She's in a wheelchair. She's got it all. I love Danielle because we're both Samanthas, as in from Sex and the City. Uh, She's like the only girl in comedy I can be a gay man with and talk fashion with. I'm just so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, bitch. Hey, girl. I love you. You're like just the most fabulous woman in comedy. You are so amazing. Casey, I think, though, like the moment that we like our friendship really cemented was when we both realized we wear Stella by Stella McCartney. No, I remember. No, it was Chloe. Wasn't it Chloe? And Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Before that was like Stella by Stella McCartney. Yeah. Mm. I remember we like smelled each other at a comedy show or a mic. And I was like, (laughs) I think you actually called it out and I was thinking it and I was like, but I don't want to be weird. And then I was like, this bitch knows fashion. (laughs) I was like, do you know fashion? You know, what's kind of sad is like another female comic who is a friend of mine once also called out my Chloe perfume and she's like are you in Cl- wearing Chloe and I got excited I was like yeah because that shit's expensive and she knew and then she's like oh I used to wear that in high school oh my god <laughs> you don't like, need comedy if you were wearing Chloe in high right? school <laughs> right and like I kind of like got embarrassed and I stopped wearing it after that because no. she kind of passed it off like that's like a teenage thing to do I'm like when I was a teenager I was wearing like what, teen spirit deodorant and that was it. Happy. That's yeah. what oh, you yeah. wear in high school. Tommy girl. No, um, you know? fucking Victoria's Secret love spell. The body Stop splash. Oh the body splash. The body splash. Uh, like the scent lasts for a full 10 seconds. Love spell is. I really, I mean, Kanye is a lot of things. But I really do think <laughs> well, like, he is a truth teller when he says, why every ghetto bitch got to smell like love smell <laughs> or the cucumber bath and body works. Oh and it's like, yeah, I love him so much. He's I really- literally <laughs> have no hate for him, even though everyone tells me that I should. I love no. him so much. And he like tried to warn us. <laughs> he tried to warn us. And we all thought he was crazy. Exactly. And now he's just real and now crazy. He, he is crazy. <laughs> but I think like when people just like shit on you for so many years and you get to that level of fame like your head's gonna be fucked up from like all the fame and the hate and the love and the every the attention like the the tiniest smallest victories i have are like inflate my head to these insane proportions (laughs) that are so unrealistic it's like i cannot imagine i'm like i try to tell my friends like i got retweeted by jack the stripper and they're like who's who's that casey that's like my favorite thing about having like real friends that like don't do comedy or not involved in any of it because you like tell them and they're like cool anyways like they don't there's no 
well, who books that? I'm going to send you like a weird text later asking for the connection or something. It's so fucked. And like, you know, I moved here for stand up and I love stand up, but the scene is so draining. And I'm not saying I'm an angel and I have been, I'm pure and artistic. It's just like that shit can get to you after a while. It can be. But like, I know, I feel like I'm like really lucky in that I've like been able to meet like a lot of just like really dope women in comedy. I think that's the coolest people I've met in comedy. Because it's like, like you have to be like really just a bad bitch to be a female comic. To put up with like all the like indignities, <laughs> the small just uh-huh. things that chip away at you. Ooh, let's get into all of this. Oh so, my but just starting out, just kind of to preface, like, how'd you get into comedy? Like, what got you into it? Like, what was your intro to it? For sure. Well, okay. So, Madison Shepard, shout out to Miss Madison Shepard. Oh, yeah, she is on the show. She, she loves to, she loves a shout out. So I'm <laughs> shouting out in honor of, but um, Madison and I have been like BFFs since America's Next Top Model season oh. two. Oh my God. That was so long ago. It was a long time ago. Did you guys, uh, you, I know she's she went to high here. school with my sister and I didn't really know her in high school, but like I knew some of Lalek's other friends in high school, but like after I had the accident in San Francisco and lost my legs and came back to LA. I started having America's Next Top Model viewing parties and like yes. a friend of a friend invited her. Oh my God. I was obsessed with Top Model. I knew I, love I watched every se- like every season and every episode for like years. It's so good. Where it got like really bad. It got kind of shit. It got really bad. But it's like I miss like Janice Dickinson. Oh my God. She was, I like, love the best. her. She did so 100. She's, I know. I know. And like it was funny because it, it came out while I was in high school and I was like that guy weird looking girl who was like well the guys didn't talk to me because like it's a small town and people treated me like a leper for being different but I had that look too that was like kind of androgynous mm-hmm. and I had no tits and no ass like a and, yeah. Kind of, yeah and big like unibrow before that was like <laughs> before girls were filling in their eyebrows yeah. and like watching that show actually for the first time made me feel like pretty like being a flat chested like unibrow yeah, you like got gaunt. fashion tits you have fashion eyebrows yeah like high, you're like yeah. this is high fashion because when you're in high school it is the girls who get the boobs first that get a lot of attention no no hate on them it's just i didn't and like that show oddly make made me feel i don't know like i could be a model or something i just like i like i've always loved her base because like like you know when she was like on the cover of like 17 and she was like the first black supermodel on like swimsuit edition you know sports illustrated like for me like she was like one of the first like representative like models i saw like for people of color yeah Yeah. i remember like in middle school just like being tormented by the boys where they would like donkey bray behind me and call me ghetto booty whoa and it was like it was a really hard and then it's like i go to college and i'm like going out to like bars and dancing and it's like j-lo booty hey and it's like mm-hmm. this is so fucked it's like i just like hated my ass for like such a long time yeah. and it's like guys like want to touch it and spank it and rub it and i'm just like this thing has brought me so much pain like i don't care like it's really? not like a sexy zone for me. Really? And it was thinking. But like yeah. that's <laughs> like it's like you saying like I have a nice ass like doesn't do anything for me. No, it kinda like it has always pissed me off when people are like, you need to take, you know, what's it when people scream from cars, uh like as a compliment. Cat calling, Cat calling as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> they always like, well, I take it as some people I've, oh, I've yeah. heard say I yeah. take it as a compliment. The internalized I'm like, misogyny. It's like that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, you're screaming at me. Yeah. And like even someone pulled over his car today and 
like I'm just it's like a hundred fucking degrees in the valley and I'm wearing Mm -hmm. a tube top and a skirt and I'm like I'm not gonna cover up I'm sorry one guy on the street told me how he had a foot fetish and I have great feet another guy (laughs) pulled over his car and like he's like excuse me and then I paused because I was like maybe he wants directions you know so I was like yeah "Yeah." and he's like "Uh, do you have a second and whenever guys are like that I know that they don't need directions they're just trying to think of the next line to say and it's like it's really not a compliment (laughs) you know what a compliment is like telling me a compliment that's like you know in Mm -hmm. a civil tone right yeah oh my gosh I went way off on a tangent how did you get into comedy you knew Madison I knew Madison it's okay also people with foot fetishes also like to tell me that that's what they're into too so (laughs) Do they say that to you? I've like gotten some tweets from like this guy. He what? His profile said he was like uh, into foot fetishes and SBBWs, which is a super BBW. And I was that's just like, what that is. It's so stupid. Yeah. And he told you I did foot fetish. He was like, "Are you um, are you my Cinderella?" And I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I'm sorry, I did not leave my." Glass, Glass slipper, slipper by your palace. I didn't. <laughs> I, I mean, I was by a dumpster recently, but I did not leave anything behind. So <laughs> you must have me mistaken as someone else. Oh my god! Yeah, guys are weird. Guys are so weird. It's just that idea that like. You know, we draw attention for not covering up. It's like, I'm not going to cover my goddamn feet in a hundred degree heat. But also, like, like even on. just like not covering it, just like, it's, I mean, what, whatever. It's like, you don't, I hate, I hate the like, I let dudes cat call me almost, I think, like out of pity sometimes, where it's really? like, oh man, she's in a wheelchair. Let me cheer up her day. It's like, actually, please don't. Please leave me alone. Really? They just want to let, man, I just, you're so beautiful. And it's like, dude, I know, but please don't interact (laughs) with me. Like, I don't need you. You're catching the bus. You're going to be late missing (laughs) your bus. Focus on what you're doing. Don't need to worry about making me feel beautiful. Oh my God. In like stripper version of that it's captain save um they come to the strip home they're like you're too pretty to be working here what are you doing here and it's like that kind of it's so unless demeaning. you want to like, buy me a house and get me out of here yes like, bitch then please like pay up or shut up dude yeah it's so demeaning oh my god so wait okay, you, how long ago did you start comedy Sorry. so um so madison was my bff um i've known her for a long time and three years ago uh, she was living in Hollywood with a comedian, and we started going to a lot of his comedy shows. And, like, after the third one, I was like, I could do this. Like, you know, just like mm-hmm. any fucking person with hubris. Like, you have to have so much to start a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> where you look at it, and you're like, I could do that. Yeah. That doesn't look so hard. Yeah. And so then as a 30-year-old fucking woman, I hit up Madison, like, so do we, like, go to open mics yeah. or, like, a class? And she, like, got us enrolled with a, a stand-up class with Melinda Hill, and that first week, she was like, you got to go to open mics. And I went to fucking Rock, Paper, Scissor in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. The Lexington. And I was like, I love this so much. I remember seeing you at the Lexington because, which is like a bar I was hosting a mic at off Skid Row. Yes. And that's where I first saw you. I think, were you at my first? Because like, um, I think it was like you hosting with like Paige Weldon. Oh, really? She was probably filling in for Jenny that way. She must have been filling in for Jenny. Mm. But I remember Paige, and I was like, that girl is so funny. She told me the joke about being like, you know, I read a book in a coffee shop all day and no one fell in love with me. And I was like, oh, my God, 
<laughs> I love comedy and I love this. And I saw Rachel Mack and I was like, oh my God, I've seen her perform before. I was like, yeah. just, I was like, who gets starstruck out of fucking I open know, mind? But That's, we do. <laughs> and do. like, I, it's so funny because like I'll have non-comic comic friends ask who my favorite comedians are. I'm like, well, you, you don't know who they are yet, but you, right? will. you will. And their names are, and they're like, cool. Uh, <laughs> they want me to say like, Richard Carlin or what I don't you know. said Richard Carlin babe. wow <laughs> I, I like how you mixed Richard Pryor and George Carlin that's like how I... Richard Carlin's also <laughs> a heavy influence of mine I just feel like they're always like they want me to like call out the most yeah. obvious comics it's like what do you want me to say Lucille yeah. Ball yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love how like Lucille Ball always gets like brought up in conversations about women in comedy oh it's my like God. well she's not a stand-up and never was so that's insane. Whoa. It's so anybody, any woman generally related to comedy, people are like, she's a comic. You remind me of her. And it's like, <laughs> no, she's an actress. But I feel like was that, that was like four years ago or something Three. crazy. OK. My at comedy anniversary is like the first week in August. Or no, I the love last that you know August. you're. Well, I know because I I like posted it on Facebook, like, you know, being brave. <laughs> With Madison Shepard, just like a dummy. And it's crazy because you guys, like, I saw you come in together and you guys are, like, grinding your asses off and you're doing so well. Like, I had Madison on the show, too, and it's like, whoa, I remember when you guys just were starting. It's so... It's bananas. It's really crazy. Like, Madison is, like, I think, like, that's part of it is, like, entering comedy, I had someone who, like, before anything is, like, my friend who's, like, been with me through a lot, who's, like, really seen, like, me and my life and what it's about, like... Um, I did study abroad in Italy while she was like doing conservatory in London and I like flew to like for her birthday Whoa, to London. You know crazy. what I mean? Like like I've known her so and like she's been like involved in like theater and acting and writing and performance, you know, her, pretty much her whole life. That's been her focus. And like comedy is like very new to me, even though I've had a lot of creative friends. Mm-hmm. But it's like she is like definitely like my guiding light with all this. Like she As just a- like keeps it like real in 100 and about like. I you think know. she does like in life. I told her that too. I'm mm-hmm. like, she's like the realist and I love yeah. her for it. Um, but I think as a female in comedy, you have to have other female comic friends, like mm-hmm. your core group. Otherwise, like it's you're... isolating and it's lonely. Oh my God. That was the yeah. thing that was like really hard for me at first was um, the feeling of isolation where it's like, I've just never been in such straight white male environments. Me neither. It's not my oh my hang. God. I'm the same as you where I'm like, I was a fashion major. So it was like mm-hmm. gay guys and women. Yeah. And then like on, in high school was the dance team in college. I had like a whole pack of like, we, we joked that we had our own sorority, which is like <laughs> these girls, but we like, were so tight. We spent all four years parting our asses off yeah. together. It was always like all women groups or like a lot of gays. Yeah. So it was just like, it was like scary to walk in a room of straight white guys. It was, like, yeah. it was so, daunting it just it really like made me feel like alone and i was mm-hmm. just like i don't like and they wouldn't laugh at a lot like my jokes or other women's jokes a lot of the time because like they they're just not exposed to the female perspective so often yeah, and they're, so they're like, like what is I don't, this that's I don't really not funny <laughs> yeah it's like well we laugh at your dick jokes because like we've heard them enough in movies and on tv that we like get it you know mm-hmm. Um, have you seen many changes in the last couple years since you started? I feel like I feel like it's happening. Kind I feel of, like yes. there is like this I I think because like with like doing comedy in LA, you're also then like active on Twitter and like Facebook and you're seeing a lot like, you know, mm-hmm. like op-ed pieces, like vice articles and like you know what I mean? Like you're just like exposed to like media and like what that means and like content creation with that. And, and I like, think that's just been the last like five years where if, like people are really unifying online mm-hmm. and that's actually changing the real world. Like yeah. including the comedy scene because I've never seen 
guys and male comics kind of, you know, watch what they're fucking saying so much, you know? They never did when I started, which was like over five years ago. They didn't like watch what they were saying. They said awful things and didn't apologize. Yeah. I would call them out at mics and like almost start Definitely. crying. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, it was just because I like, I felt like when I got into it, I wanted to make a positive change and like, mm-hmm. you know, like change the way the world saw women, I guess, you know, just like I still want to and I'm still trying. You're doing a great job, babe. You're killing <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. But at that time, it was just like, I was very alone. It was like a dive bars in Van Nuys that I was like oh screaming God, at male comics. <laughs> Ooh. That is, yeah, that's like one of the things like I hosted You Up with Madison, which is like a midnight mm-hmm. mic at Silver Lake Lounge every Thursday. And it's like, I'm not going to ban you and I'm not going to police you. But if you get on the mic and start being like homophobic, racist, misogynistic, I'm going to shit on you so hard that you don't want to come back yeah i'm gonna make you feel like a piece of shit good i'm gonna run this room and everyone in here is gonna know what the deal is because it's like what do they think that we feel like when they shit on us and they're the majority at every mic and show because doesn't it actually you know what you're in madison's coming into comedy that was around the time where you know i'd made good friends with jenny chloe wanjiko Mm -hmm. meg and we all we started hosting mics. Y'all started hosting shows and mics. And then I saw more and more women coming together, coming out of the woodwork and hosting shows and mics that's, together. Yeah. And that's the biggest change I've seen is because when it was women run and POC run mics and shows, mm-hmm. it was just like it set a different tone. It sets a tone. Totally it like, different. It really just like being in control of a room. That's like one thing that like with like new girls in comedy and they talk about whatever. And it's like own your fucking mic, own your space. Let people yeah. know the way it's going to be. You don't need to list off a rule list or some bullshit. Come at, oh. clap back at them. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Make a joke. Make them feel like shit. Let them know <laughs> what the fucking deal is. Set the it's precedent. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. But that's, I mean, it's like, I love like Jenny Yang and like mm-hmm. Otsuko and D'Lo and like everything they've done. Like mm-hmm. I like saw them. It's like, wow, these are like Asian, like Fearless. mostly women. And yeah. they're like POC and being bosses and like, Like, they run a mic now, but they've been doing it in different iterations, like, all over L.A. Mm -hmm. But I remember they were, Adila was hosting and, like, reading off, like, calling the dudes. And it was all these, like, really straight white dude names. And he was like, he's like, Brad And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, he's not even being an asshole and, like, joking. Just, like, really just, like, I don't know this white man name. That's so amazing. (laughs) And it made me so happy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so awesome. And like, I feel like a lot of the time on shows, there's only one woman. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it's just like, they feel like they have to meet a certain quota of POC as well. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a twofer, you know what I mean? Well, that's like, I get really excited when I'm on like shows with like other Latino comics Mm -hmm. because it's just rare that I get to see them kind of outside of mics because it's like, they always just pick one. Yeah. But if there's like two or three or four of us, it's like, whoa, then it's like a mm-hmm. Latino show or something. And it's like, can't just be a dope show. Yeah, I've just noticed like these last few years since the girls really started banding together that the L.A. scene has changed. I only have been to New York for a week last year, so I'm not sure about the scene out there, how it is. I feel but... like it's pretty diverse because New York in general is such a diverse city. Yeah. Like I- I've like gone out there like um, twice and done shows like a week each time. Yeah. How did you like it? Um, I hate New York. Yeah. <laughs> I 
what I hear. I'm LA, born and raised, babe. Girl, I feel the same. But I'm West Coast. I'm Oregon. So like out there, it's just it's like a panic attack for me. It's so much coming at you. I think it's like I, because I like I'm Dominican, so I have a lot of family in New York, and I like used to go to New York when I was younger and have fun and like Mm -hmm. go to Manhattan and stuff. But like being in a wheelchair in New York is like one of the most exhausting things in the world. Oh my God. I can't even like imagine. last time I was there, like every time I go to New York now in a wheelchair, I just like, there's like a point where I'm just like rolling down the street, just like crying, just like crying just, in like, public. Exhausted. It's exa- like the subway system is not accessible. Really? Cabs won't stop for you. Uber drivers, half the time, they, like, see the wheelchair, they shake their head and fucking cancel the ride. Really? It's just a nightmare to get around. Everything's, like, above ground or below ground. Mm -hmm. You know, it's such an old city. All the doorways are narrow. It's just, like, it's a Oh, that's right. Everything is, like, super narrow. And the thing about New York, too, is, like, I already live in L.A. Not that, like, I don't need to do shows in New York, but, like... All roads lead to L.A. or New York. I know. Here. <laughs> so unless you're paying me to come out there, I'm cool. I know so many of my stand-up friends, like all my best female comic friends, moved yeah. out there the last few years. And they're, and they're like, they're doing great. And all, oh, they are. And I'm proud of them. They're putting on shows out there like they were here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, yeah, I'll probably return to L.A. That is, it's like the kind yeah. of be-all, end-all for performers, yeah. I think. Um, Shout-outs to Wanjiko. Oh, I know. They're really killing it. It's like... It's amazing. Um, I saw that you were recently involved in like this po- uh, body positivity podcast event. What oh, was that yeah. like? And can you talk about your own body image or how it's evolved over the years? Oh, sure. Yeah, I went. So she's all fat is a new podcast at launch. I loved it, which is really dope. I loved it's all it. about body positivity. And so they had like a launch party. So it was like a comedy show. So it was a lot of like you know plus size babes doing comedy. Amazing. And then, they had like donuts <gasps> and oh. rose oh and lacroix. Like <laughs> it was just really cute and fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole thing was like to get the word out, listen to it, like, you know, leave a rating and stuff. And it was just like really dope and fun. And I'm it makes me really happy that like there's stuff like that happening i know like we were saying even a couple years ago not just in stand-up but in the world in general there mm-hmm. was like i feel like if you were anything but like a thin model looking woman yeah. like you have no one to look to exactly you know? and it's like um it's so interesting like what like the patriarchy like wants to like hate on like the idea of like a selfie like how oh, dare you God. be vain how dare you look at yourself i know you know what i mean but it's I like know. You know, taking selfies and like being like feeling confident enough to post that. And then also like following other women on Instagram that are like bigger, plus size, disabled, Mm -hmm. of color. Mm -hmm. Seeing that in my feed normalizes that and like takes away so much of the the, like shit we're fed about like what you're supposed to look like. It's like, like, oh, so you won't take photos of me, then I'm going to take them of myself. Exactly. I'm reclaiming my time. It's the female gaze too, because Mm -hmm. like. I have shot with male photographers, Mm -hmm. just like fun little casual photo shoots. And I've done photo shoots with female photographers, some of them professional, some of them not, you know? Yeah. But shooting with a woman is always completely different. And that's why I talk about the female gaze is like, even when you're taking a fucking selfie, a picture of yourself, Mm -hmm. that's like when guys shoot me, they always want to like pose me, even if they're like acting like 
they know me and they know like know how I'm empowered I am and they love that about me. They're always trying to picture me as demure, like look, put really? the chin down, put the chin down, eyes up, like oh, like and wow. it's so subtle and I don't even think they know they're doing it, but it's always like chin down, eyes up, which is a very demure look. Yeah. It's like I'm innocent. I'm not gonna harm you. Yes, yes, I'm Come, sweet. Like, I'm cute. You, know, you can dominate this. Yes, but when I shoot with women, they essentially have always let me do whatever I want, and then they move around to like capture me at different angles oftentimes where they're looking up at me which is way more um i guess powering it like yes it's like yes an authority figure because like you look at authority figures i fucking love the female gaze and i think like the whole selfie thing there was just like such vitriol for 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 a long time but i like how what you said about following other women who Mm -hmm. look like you online or like for me i follow a lot of like weird fashion people who just wear like crazy shit and like it. it just isn't like now when I go about my life, I'm never afraid to wear something or try a new look or mm. wear something that's different because it's just like when you see something often enough, you, you it just becomes normal. It becomes, you. yeah, it normalizes it. And that's the thing. Like I've done a few different interviews about body positivity because uh, a few years ago I was shot for by Refinery29. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I remember because we went to the actual pool party you yeah. guys were filming at as well. Yeah. So Refinery29 did a piece um, that it featured you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, fe- it featured me, and they also interviewed other disabled women mm-hmm. about how they do, like, essentially, like, how do they go to the beach, and how do they do summer, and, like, how do they feel about their bodies and stuff, and I was shot by an amazing photographer, Emily Barrel, and, like... Yeah, it was a girl. That makes me so She was a woman, and she's amazing, and... It was like it was really interesting to like see like the reactions to it because I was just I was like, gonna ask what did people say I was so nervous and I was like I don't know what I'm doing like I'm not a ah! model like I'm not like it was all this like weird shit of like I'm not supposed to be a model but like here I am in this like position where I am mm-hmm. asked to be a model and she was just like relax and just like you know like just be at ease like be at peace you know what I mean yes. and then I looked at the photos and like people are like. They're this so bitch pretty. is owning it. She's yeah. a queen. This is her pool. Like, <laughs> so they shot me. You're like, like that literally is my pool. Actually, my mom's pool. <laughs> but yeah, like I was in a bathing suit by a yeah, pool. Yeah, it's in gorgeous. A pool. I remember. So did that? How did that feel? Like having those photos published? It was. I I was like so nervous, but yeah. like I was really blown away by the like reaction. Like the photo shoot essentially kind of ended up going viral. Like Tess Holiday oh. retweeted it and shouted it out. It got picked up by, like, People Magazine and stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Just, like, a lot of different, like, outlets and venues were like, this is amazing. You know what's crazy, I realized, is how many other venues, like, things that you and I love, such as fashion, mm-hmm. that comedy, fucking comedy has led us to. Like, oh, totally. I, my, they didn't end up using the photo, but I did get to shoot for Vogue with Adwa Aboa. I saw that. Well, I saw you went to, like, the Vogue yeah. party. We, we, like, oh, yeah, I went to the Vogue party on their website. They I saw the behind the pictures. scenes. Yes! And, like... That fucking Playboy Vice, like these are all things I got into just not because of comedy, mm-hmm. but kind of like comedy allowed you to like have access to that. And I to think, have like, a platform where people started to see me. And mm-hmm. it, and I, I always thought like in comedy, you kind of are pressured to look like a boy, act like a boy, oh, 100%. be tomboyish and like have your tweets, never have a selfie and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But actually just being myself and putting all my fashion shit and yeah. my like style shit out there and my like swag like mm-hmm. attracted 
all these opportunities that exactly. had almost nothing to do with comedy. Well, that's like the thing. Like when I first started, like I thought it was like, don't wear, you know, at mics, it's mm-hmm. like, look like shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Look yes. like shit so that they <laughs> somehow doing that, they forget you're a girl and like listen. And then just listen to you what know, you have to say. They just listen to the voice. But mm-hmm. it's like, then I do shows and it's like, well, I'm going to wear makeup. But it's just like really like neutral makeup. And mm-hmm. I'm like, in a black t-shirt. <laughs> and like my friends would be like, I really like you and I think you're funny, but mm-hmm. like, it doesn't really seem like you're you on stage. Like you like yes, to dress up, you like too. makeup, and I was like, okay, then I'm gonna wear my sequin bodycon dresses. You yes. know what I mean? I'm gonna like be a fucking girl because I am a girl. I love girly shit. I remember my first couple years in stand up, and I was like, you know, waitressing, and I'd tell my friends at work, the other servers, about it, and how I felt pressured to not be cute. And I just remember I know, the struggle is real to not be cute, but it's like we can't fight the cute. <laughs> I know it'll come out we cute. no matter what. <laughs> but it was so funny because this one day there was a woman. She was like, you know, uh, in her forties, maybe this businesswoman, very like attractive, smart, you know, well dressed businesswoman. Mm. And I was just like, I don't know why. Like I think she was just eating her pizza, and I sat with her for a second. I'd seen her a few times, and she was just making small talk with me. What, what did you move to LA for? I said stand up, and I kind of told her about the trying not to be cute thing i think the conversation just led there but she was the first one to just tell me point blank like well you can't hide that you're cute she's just like just <laughs> don't like she's like there's yeah. you're you're pretty will shine through everything and she didn't say it to flatter me but it was like to let me know that is such a nice message it was because like i shine through everything <laughs> but it changed my life because i didn't well i didn't even have the self-esteem to think that i was very attractive at the time but she was fucking right and it was like i had all these friends at work tell me like just wear what you want to wear. What's the difference? And it took me a long time to grasp onto that. But thank God I did because like, I wouldn't have all these crazy opportunities now if I hadn't just completely been myself. 100%. Yeah. It's like, I I would still be just an open mic, like just doing open mics all the time and like (laughs) wanting to kill myself. Um, so yeah, let's just go to break right now. We'll come back. I have more questions for you. Hey, (laughs) Hey, it's me, Casey Coop, here at Meltdown Comics at 7522 Sunset Boulevard. It's actually their 25-year celebration block party, which will not be happening when this episode airs, but it's fucking rad. They're giving us cookies and brownies, and I think there's, like, liquor. Yeah, it's like the turn-up is happening at Meltdown Comics right now. Turn-up is real. Someone's going to get pregnant in the bathroom here soon. Has anyone ever real gotten show. pregnant in the bathroom <laughs> at Meltdown? That would be pretty. It's like this is how nerd babies yeah, are Yeah, nerd babies are born. Yes. <laughs> and I'm with Danielle Perez. Hi, Danielle. Hey, girl. Oh, my God. I wanted to ask you. So I know that we both love Cardi B to the moon and back Ben had loved her for like three or four years oh yeah I fucking love her but how do you think what do you think about the rise of her she's hitting uh, number one on all the billboard number one on billboard charts oh my god how how does you think this affects like Latina women and seeing her as a Dominicana (laughs) it makes me so fucking happy like truly like like I'm so about like her message which is like get yours do you know what i mean basically like look out for number one which is you bitch like you don't need to study gender studies in college you don't need to have a phd to be a feminist and to like support yourself and support other women you know that's it that's all it's about and like it makes me really happy just like visibility wise because it's like i'm dominican i grew up in los angeles and they're just like no Caribbean people out here, just in general. Mm-hmm. It's like very like Mexican, Central American in terms of like the Latino Latinx population. Mm-hmm. And it was like really isolating for me growing up because like people didn't really get 
what I was. They like they want to put you in a box. They didn't really mm-hmm. understand. That's like, well, are you black and Mexican? It's like, no, there are other things. Like, <laughs> there's other there's places. There's a whole there's a whole world. You know, a whole <laughs> world of possibility. But kind of like like understanding like my Afro Latina like identity has been kind of like a big thing and her getting a number one the first woman so rad. solo record right i know to be number one in like 15 years it's so huge i know I and like her. i just love seeing that she's, she's and she's still her like she's you know oh, what i mean just 100%. like 100 you know like none of this like my pr manager my agent no. telling me to do this or that she, she still just, does videos where she just rants about random shit on mm-hmm. instagram and i love it because she's just doing the same rant she's always been doing always and i love that she's never not only does has she never hid the fact that she's a stripper mm-hmm. she like made it public knowledge and was like throwing yeah. it in your face like look at me fucking succeed and i I'm was a stripper, stripper. and paid for me to get my teeth fixed you know how? yeah, yeah we always go. yeah always i love it and then fucking with amber rose's slut walk doing so well i just love seeing the strippers well i guess the ex-strippers just come out and be like this is this is where i was because mm-hmm. do you know how many women come up to me that are like older or even just like older white women and they just tell me because they know that I'm a stripper they're like I mm-hmm. used to do that and it's like if you think about the industry and how many dancers are it's like duh they're all around us all the time really? like every age and you just don't think about the fact that there's strippers as your boss you know strippers mm-hmm. as your sister-in-law strippers sex workers all around you and I love that they just like They'll talk about it like, yeah, I'm proud of myself because I came from so little. And I was able to and like, I made build something my own yes. shit. This is all me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I worked hard for it. And I think that message mm-hmm. of like being self-reliant. Just being a hustler. Mm-hmm. I mean, in comedy, Having we're hustlers. business acumen, you know? Yeah. Doing and that's, it. I think strippers or stripping teaches you that. Just the hustle. The it hustle does. of life. Like, and I think like, so, like as like women of color too, it's like, I feel like especially like, in latino culture you know there's this you got to take care of everyone except for you you know what i mean like Ah. the nanas and abuelas are like making sure Mm. everyone's getting fed and everyone's taken care of and like raising and Mm. but it's like it's just such a it's such a weird fucked up message to like hear repeatedly when like my nana's been divorced twice do you know what i mean like she's the one that brought her family to america yeah you know what i mean she was the one that got the jobs that like bought herself a house. That's you know? fucking badass. My mom, you know, left my dad when I was like in kindergarten. She got a job. She's provided mm-hmm. for us. Like, mm-hmm. but it's like still this like, well, when are you getting married? And when it, a That's boyfriend? What I was gonna and ask like, you. When the fuck do I need a fucking man for? You don't need a fucking man. Yeah, I was about All to ask you. you. Well, I've been trash. Why do you want me to <laughs> ha- carry around a trash can? It's so, but it's like so insane. That, that like these we're old still ideas, this old mentality. very traditional ideas are still fed to our generation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was about to ask you is I know you've talked about your mother disapproving of you doing stand up. <laughs> what does she say about it? How does she feel about your life as a comedian? She's like starting to turn around <gasps> on it. Really? Like, my mom is actually I don't think like that. She like super disapproves. I think my dad disapproves more than her. Really? Yeah. Why? My dad, because he doesn't get it. He's just like, mm-hmm. what is this? Like, he thinks I'm hanging around with, like, vagabonds and derelicts, which, to a degree, I am. But, like, yeah. I'm like, dad, <laughs> a lot of these people, like, went to college, and, like, I mean, you know, I was technically asked to leave. So... <laughs> <laughs> but it's the only thing that's made my parents supportive of me doing comedy is the fact that I'm a stripper. They're like, have you, are you still doing that? You're still doing shows, right? Like you're trying to get out of the club, right? But like, 
It's like, it's like with my mom, it's like, imagine disappointing your mother so much that she is supportive of you doing comedy. Like right. that's what right. happened with my mother where she's like, but I think you're doing you, really well. You got a hobby. You got yeah. interest. <laughs> she's like, I watch Ellen and Ellen wants us to send videos of our kids if we think they're funny and you're funny. And oh maybe I can send a video to Ellen. God. I'm like, please don't. Mom, like Ellen don't want that. <laughs> this is not how it works. This is not my big break, mom. Think, this is not mom. my big break. That's <laughs> fucking adorable. So no, how my- is... Um, oh, well, no, go ahead. No, my mom has been, she doesn't love a lot of the things I talk about. Like she like, my mom doesn't either. My choking jokes. And <laughs> she doesn't, it like, it rattles them to their yeah, core. They're just yeah. Like, mm-hmm. My mom just always goes, I don't get your humor, but mm-hmm. good for you. That's yeah. That's generally it. Like she sees that I'm happy. She sees that I'm like working hard and committed to something, which is like I just did not have that before. Like you've like worked your ass off these last couple of years. You're always fucking grinding, girl. Like I see you. I oh see you God. out there. I feel so seen, Casey. Thank you for seeing me. And you've been fucking hosting the Thigh Gap Comedy Show, which I've been on. It's super fun every time I've been on it. Um, Dude, when you were on it, oh my God, that was like such so an amazing cool. night. I have had so I've had so many special nights like at your shows. Um, how is that going? You've been hosting it with Madison for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, Madison and Janelle Radford are three. Oh, that's year- right. Yeah anniversary will be in february Whoa. so it's coming out it's so crazy it's really nuts because like i've only been doing comedy for like three years but it's like i kind of just like i started doing comedy and then like this opportunity with like where i lived opened up where like the tenant was like leaving so it was like well i could just like host a show back here right and i like put it together and it just like ha- the lineup was i was like mm-hmm. just all these incredible things ended up happening and it was like I have a show now and I've been doing comedy like six months and like, and it's, it's a lasted good show. this long. That's so cool. Dude. That is, that is like a hard thing. It's like to things in LA like don't last. No, <laughs> you're like, whatever happened to those, that one show? Yeah. You guys are fucking killing it. Um, so, oh yeah, we talked in my pool a couple months ago, or like oh a gosh, month ago, yes. and I remember you said you were, you've been like doing a web series that you're acting in. Yes. Are you playing like what, like a dom, like a dominatrix? Like what is this character you're playing? Not a dom. Her name is Lola. Okay. And so we're shooting it at the Pleasure Chest. It's called Thank You, Come Again. I'm really excited. Awesome. We're going to start shooting in um, November. So we like shot the trailer and it's like online and like Fun. you can see it. There's like a Kickstarter, you know, to like support the production. It's, Wait, like, whose show is this? Um... It's, uh, well, it's like Chelsea, um, I'm like, this is, I'm like, what's Chelsea's last name? I'm like, terrible. It's okay. I'm, I've been having brain farts. <laughs> Richard Carlin. <laughs> Richard Carlin. Yeah. It's Richard Carlin's show. It's very like female and sex positive. No, but, um, it's like, it's like all independent and awesome. basically like, we you know it's about it's basically like an office comedy but it's set in a sex shop that's amazing you know what i mean so there's like the new kind of like naive like girl that like you know is really uncomfortable with sex and i'm like the manager that's like been around the block okay you know i yes i've done like some dom work and, okay like, that's where the dom thing is coming yeah from. and like you know also just like high femme and just like you know bust your balls and like you know and i think that's like what I've realized after doing stand-up for so long, it's like the next step is just filming shit and writing shit, the project. So I think you're like making a nice graceful move into the next realm. I'm excited. It's really scary. Like that's It is like, scary because it's new. It's so new. It's and different. like I feel like with comedy, it's like I've been doing it for three years and really working hard at it, but and it's like I feel competent. Like I know I'm funny, but mm-hmm. it's like I feel actually I feel competent at this. But it's like 
oh, to now like do like acting. Acting, it's, it's like scary. oh, I one hundred percent feel like. Just but you know what? Someone told me. Actually, I've I've heard this a lot in within the stand up community. Is if you're a good stand up, you can act no problem. And I think we just get in our head a little bit about yeah. it because we haven't really. I haven't done much of it. I did in like middle school. Mm-hmm. But now I know that when I shoot for a dumb little shorts and sketches and stuff like. Just like I think you get that confidence on stage. Yes, you have the confidence on stage. Like when you're a comic, you're an you're observational, and so Mm -hmm. as an actor, I think you have to be observational and you pick up little things. And I think you just have to like, yeah, like you said, trust your instinct. Yeah, Um, and that's like the thing where it's like when I first kind of like I've done a few like sketches for like BuzzFeed, and I did like a blast sketch where there was like a hard thing where like. When I first started doing it, I would like finish and then like immediately look at the director like, was yeah, that good? Was that okay? Because everyone <laughs> needs to be silent for sound. But we're used to people laughing yeah, or muttering like, or heckling. And you're not reacting. Yeah. I don't know if it was good. And now it's like, no, just trust it. You got it. You totally. No notes is a good note. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is weird making that like transition mm-hmm. from just stand up into acting and writing and producing. But it, I think it's exciting. Like I'm getting more comfortable with the behind the scenes stuff now mm-hmm. yeah. working on some stuff. Yeah. And, but at first I was like, no, I have to be in the limelight. Like that's why I got into stand up partly. Like I just wanted the limelight No, But when you're in the background, like when you're producing shit, you're running shit. You're the you're boss. controlling the content. You're controlling what gets put out there. And like, that's why it's like behind the line, like female writers, directors, like, DPs, all of that is so important. It feels so fucking good too to be like running the show and like be the brains of the whole thing. Totally. So, on a little heavier note, I know that not only you posted, I posted, pretty much every girl we know posted these Me Too posts these last uh, couple weeks. And I wanted to ask you, you know, how you're relating to all that has it been triggering for you i know to basically oh every God. woman i uh, everyone god i've been in like a funk this last 100%. week dude i had to log off just log yeah. off i really did like there was like the you know rose mcgowan was like there, there was let's log off twitter in solidarity and then people are like it's a really white feminist thing and i was just like honestly I like I'm a woman of color and like thank you thank you for giving me this out where I don't just don't need to be (laughs) on the internet today because it was a lot it was so triggering it made me so sad I thought a lot about like my first year in comedy Mm -hmm. and you know it wasn't sexual assault but it was for sure sexual harassment yeah I was actually I had that specific question written down did you feel sexual harassment ever in the comedy scene oh 100% right like like, predatory behavior from like senior men yep And it's like, even with this Me Too stuff, it's like, I still, like, I, you know, I know I'm supported and I have friends and I have allies, like, in comedy, but, like, I'm still scared to put his name out there and Mm -hmm. say that, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, there's this, like, whole gray area in between someone just, like, saying something and rape or, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, a real, like, violent what was the worst act. kind of yes. act and like it's that gray shit in between mm. that is the hardest because it's like mm. you can't go to the police with that Mm-mm. and comedy there is no hr you know in yeah. comedy <laughs> yeah, but in right? any other workplace situation what this man did to me and put me through mm-hmm. would be sexual harassment and i do i know who you're talking about and i will say personally without naming names that i also felt a multitude of instances with this man mm-hmm. that were very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. One time he invited me to sit in his car with him. Ooh. Nothing happened. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, I, I've always had this super high 
panic surrounding men and them getting me alone. I think my mom instilled that in me from a young age. I mm-hmm. think some awful things probably happened to her. Mm-hmm. So she made me hyper paranoid of just men in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm always like hyper just paranoid around yeah. being alone with just men. Just cautious about. Yeah. That. So, but I remember we were friends and I got in his car and he just started, I mean, he didn't, there was nothing that happened, yeah. but it was very uncomfortable. And then he started condescending to me about some things and his opinions on some things. Oh, not, yeah. Not only me, but just like in pop culture. And I felt like about other girls in pop culture and I felt like so uncomfortable and trapped and not just that but so many times and it sucks because like in those years I was super um I was in my addictions and I was lost Mm -hmm. and really uh hurting myself and unfortunately it attracts these predatory men to Mm -hmm. act like father figures captain save a hose yeah but all the while they're sort of they're using that information they're using your vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. To prey on you, to prey on and let you, them know, let you know. Well, like they're the only one that really like gives a shit about you or cares you or really sees mm-hmm. you. And then you know? in and then, all of like, that, they'll neg you, you and put you down, but make it sound like a compliment. So mm-hmm. I finally pushed that person completely out of my life and blocked him. I had to. Yeah, it just it got to a point that it was like so. You know, already, like, being new to comedy and going to shows. And then, like, he was, like, stalking me at shows and, like, forcing myself in a conversation. And I just kind of got to a point where it was like, you know what? I don't care if I am gonna if I start making it uncomfortable for him where Good. I just ignore him when he's speaking to me. Where I yeah. ice him out and I call him out yes. in public. Like, don't talk to me. I've already told you, stay away from me. That's why, don't talk to that's me. Why when- and when I started doing that was when he got really, like, freaked out. And it's like, can't, you know, sending messages through other people really like, can't you just you know be you know kind to me in public didn't and he say like, he no. loved you or some shit oh it was like to the point it, there was a point that was really sad where every time i kind of ended up talking to like a senior comic you know like someone like older maybe headlining and stuff oh God. it would get to the point where they'd be like so what's to deal with so and so because he was just running around saying like he loved me, telling these like stories about me to the point where I'm getting messages from people who don't even really know me that I see around just like, hey, this person like told the story about you. They don't like mention you, but it's like it's obvious who they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, on stage. And it's and making we all me knew. uncomfortable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's making them uncomfortable enough to be like, this is inappropriate and I don't like this. It was inappropriate. Yeah, I'm sorry. And so when you did post me to... Um, I mean, God, I was going to say, sure. were you referring to this? But it's like, no, that it's everything. We're referring it's to my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like the guy that like I was like going to fuck. But then all of a sudden he like flips me over and just like enters mm-hmm. me without a condom. It's like all these like fucking yeah. bullshit, Same. awful things that you like just absorb. And that happened. And I remember that- once I hooked up with a comic like a who's pretty fairly famous but I had had a crush on him as a teenager he was on TV and stuff and I met him in LA and like you know you're starry eyed dude like I fucking obsessed about this guy when I was in my youth like watching what is it last comic standing that I was obsessed with and whatever and he's really attractive and successful and I got drunk and I went to his house and like it was just the fact that he wouldn't put on a condom and I kept asking him to and he just didn't and he still fucked me without it it's that kind of stuff well it's not that's that kind of stuff I mean like the first time I was raped was like and I guess like was it was just like I was passed out I couldn't fight him off I could barely like move and I was just like please use a condom just please use a condom because like I couldn't fucking you know what I mean I was just that incapacitated and he didn't 
Oh my god! And he did it, and I like it's so weird. Like I, because I read Lena Dunham's, uh, you know, not that kind of girl. Like her that book, right? Oh, I haven't is it read it. That kind, not that yeah, kind of it yeah. is. Uh, how was it? Um, it's a really good book. I really like it. I, you know, Lena Dunham, <laughs> problematic, but like I but love she her. She has her good. She parts. has the good parts. Yeah, and, of course. You know, hey, props to her being young and fucking doing it, and like mm-hmm. she does put her money where her mouth is in terms of like abdicating for like Planned Parenthood and like yeah. Hillary, you know, just mm-hmm. being vocal and shit, but. Like, and recently she published um, a stripper I know's work. So I was really happy about that. Oh, that's so amazing. That was really cool. That's great. But like she has an account in there about like her rape and what happened and like how she went to the doctor after. And it was like that was like to read that was like, oh, my God, this is like exactly the thing that happened to me. Like when I went to my doctor, it was like that same kind of thing where they like asked enough, but not they didn't ask. They were on the cusp of it. And it was almost like they knew. And they just like didn't push it further we're like oh sounds like it you know because they can see the tears they can see like and it's like I'm there and yeah it was without a condom and I just want to make sure I'm like tested and clean and not pregnant oh okay and I see it's like okay that sounds like you know it was a wild night you know it was just kind of this like unspoken unspoken that you had gotten sexually assaulted. It was really that's awful. Fucking weird and that's awful. Yeah, yeah. It just feel like just generally reading all these me two posts. Like it's just like a lot of wounds are open and it's yeah. raw and it's it was really raw. I couldn't understand. I was like, I don't understand why I'm on edge. Why I feel like sick to my stomach. Why I'm like mm-hmm. having such a terrible week. Anxiety. And then I was just like, oh, I'm just like triggered. All this stuff is so fucking totally. triggering. And you know, I was so angry and I fucking posted this tweet or facebook status about um why were people so quick to why i'm sorry why were white men so quick to condemn chris brown but not weinstein weinstein Mm -hmm. uh woody allen louis ck and then oh god and then this white guy friend (laughs) i guess of mine wrote hey why don't we not be so quick to make sweeping generalizations and you know granted he later apologized to you know in not person. All men. thanks for not all manning me but right now dude. what i what i told him when he did apologize and i was happy he apologized to my face i appreciated that a lot but i told him that a lot of women including myself are feeling a lot of pain right now and it's causing us to be angry and upset which is totally natural and he needs to understand that a lot of us are triggered right now in a lot of our traumas and mm-hmm. so to, to just come over and waltz on over like why don't we those that kind of bullshit they feed you all, all over all these years like why don't we not make generalization come on careful careful let's all just be you know level-headed and things and it's like dude you need to understand that like collectively women who are online who are like in this industry and just in not in this industry are reading this and feeling this because we've all experienced it. Yeah. And a lot of stuff that I forgot happened to me. I remembered in reading other people's posts. And Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of pain. It's a lot of stuff to walk through. Woof. Okay. Whoo. Okay. Wow. Just breathe. We have like 10 (laughs) minutes left. I'll try to switch gears a little bit since that was so heavy. Um, so, oh, yeah, I, I'll ask you what I ask all of my guests, which is what does being free mean to you? Being free? Yeah. How does that pertain to your life? Being a free bitch. <laughs> how are you a free bitch, Danielle? Uh, how am I a free bitch? Uh, I think I'm a free bitch in that I am really earnestly, like, getting to do what I love. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 
I get like to your do, passions. Yeah. I get to be passionate. I get to like play with comedy and then also dip my toes, even though I don't have any. <laughs> into all these other cool things like right like modeling i'm like trying to yes. like write you know yes. what i mean acting i think and i think especially with like all the body positivity stuff that like i've been able to be a part of and also like bear witness to like you know i struggled with eating disorders in high school i thought mm-hmm. it was ugly mm-hmm. i thought you know i i just never thought that like I could be a model or pretty or anything Mm -hmm. like and it's like I was skinny I used to be a fucking size too like I got Mm -hmm. the pictures to prove it you know (laughs) and it's like I'm a you know I'm a 16 18 you know I'm a good Mm -hmm. thick double c's and I have never felt more and I'm in a fucking wheelchair and I don't have feet do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. this is not the ideal is or what society thinks is the ideal right but like I've never felt more comfortable in my life and like happy and okay with like who I Isn't am. Isn't that interesting how that happens? Do you feel like being getting to kind of like put your truest form out there through comedy? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's freed you in a way? 100%. Like being on stage and like holding a mic and owning that attention and knowing that like it's mine, you know, like going to a mic it doesn't I don't care if you heard me run these jokes a million times this is my time I got these three minutes five minutes whatever mm-hmm. to like do and say what I need to for my own benefit because this is 100% about like me working you know yeah I think especially as women like that ownership over something we're is talked so over yeah. yeah so to have time where it's just you on the mic yeah i mean maybe at a show you'll get a heckler maybe but so much of the time it is just you and your mm-hmm. voice which i'm like very selfish so i love that about comedy I love, I love it i love that i've been able to do that and like it's so interesting like losing my legs was really hard and like I don't even know if I'm, like, fully over it because it was, like, pretty traumatic. I was 20 years old, you know? Oh, you were 20. I was 20. I was living in San Francisco. And, like, I'm in this, like, intense accident. I lose my feet. And, like, getting prosthetics has been, like, a really difficult journey. So I I use a wheelchair. Like, I haven't used prosthetics. And um, I don't. And that's been hard. But, like, I, being out in public as, like, a young woman in a wheelchair it was like so scary and overwhelming, like the looks and stares and people saying just mm-hmm. such gross and inappropriate things to me. <clears throat> people like being like, oh, my God, if I was like in a wheelchair, I'd kill myself. Like, wow, that's fucking in a fucking psycho thing to say to a person. Absolutely. Mason's throwing up his hands. He's like, what is that? Oh, yeah, 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 dude. It's- <laughs> but like, um, excuse me. Oh, my God. But like. I just had to make a conscious decision that like I'm going to turn off people and the way they look at me and the way they stare at me. I just I cannot acknowledge that. And like maybe to a degree I'm living in denial, but like in order for me to like That's live okay. Life, I think that's totally I gotta okay. shut a lot of that out. And like Same. there's an interesting thing that happens when like I like have a new friend sometimes where they'll be like, Those people are like staring or I can't believe that person is like I don't even see it anymore. Yeah. And I think yeah. like shutting that off and then like doing comedy where it's like coming to comedy from that perspective. I'm not really worried about like, oh, you guys are looking at me like those nerves. Like, yeah, I get nervous, but it's like I'm concerned about like if I'm making you laugh. I think that's that, that's like in comedy, they're looking at you. 
but also they're seeing you mm-hmm. because when they're hearing your opinions on shit, it's like, oh, they're seeing me. They're seeing I'm a I full am. person. Exactly. Dude, I love you so much. I love you so much. I guess just some little dumb questions to close out. And so we just have a couple of minutes left okay. is like, have you been dating lately? Oh, uh, do you, are you <laughs> one of the, of the sort that's like, I do, I refuse to date comics anymore. Oh <laughs> are you dating? Co- like, how is, how is that going? Oh God. I, <laughs> you're like, this is actually the hardest question. No, this is like, I, uh, I mean, I fuck comics. <laughs> we all, well, I did. Anyone that says they don't fuck comics is lying. Number one. Well, I mean, some people like. I There's so I, many guys in comedy that other female comics and I could just we just talked about their dick. Like, yeah, I, I fucked so many comics. Um, it's like, cause like you know, at a certain point though, it's like, it's like sex just becomes like a stress reliever. But also, it's like they mm-hmm. get they get the schedule. Like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go on a date with a guy who works a nine to five. So like, I'm missing out going to a mic. To, like, meet him for, like, happy hour drinks, right? Mm-hmm. When it's, like, I could spend that time, like, working on a joke. I don't know. Like, I just, oh. Yeah, and I I think... love comedy so much. And it's, like, Aww. my weekends are, like, for my friends. Like, I remember, like, trying to schedule a date with this guy. And I was, like, well, you know, I was, like, well, three weeks out from now. And he was, like, that's so long. <laughs> and I was, like, don't you fucking have a life, dude? I'm busy. Like, yeah. I, I love you. I love that you're, you've, like, built that. I think that is, like, it's the convenience of fucking male comics. Because I fucking yeah. did it. Yeah. It's just funny because I, I'd always just say I don't fuck or date male yeah. comics when it was a guy I wasn't interested in I'm like sorry I don't do that but I was yeah. totally doing that I, I've like tried to like kind of ease off on that I, just, I mean I just was like maybe I shouldn't be fucking right now um and now I'm texting with a man that lives three miles away three thousand miles away oh, so. three thousand three and three thousand but I like dumb. how that's like that's the safest thing for me <laughs> I had these weird just texting with a person who isn't physically here oh my god I would do that all the time I'd make these friends off Twitter like guy friends across the country that I've never met to this day and for a while there when I was like in this fucked up place mentally like I just talked to them all the time we were like pen pals mm-hmm. and we'd send dick pics and vagina pics it happened but I've still never met them and I, we had this like intense connection for like a year or two it was like a weird period <laughs> for me but hey it was it was giving me just the emotional validation I needed at that time yeah. that I was like uh this is this is just gonna check that box off I know I redownloaded Bumble and like I like hate it so much I like <laughs> was swiping less than a minute and hit a comic and I was like this is such bullshit right Fuck, I remember I always saw comics and there were comics I had crushes on that I like on tinder that I but they wouldn't match with me Casey. but I would but that was when my tinder bio was like trash compactor that's what it said so that's how I felt about myself at the time so funny. and I'm sure even they were just like oh maybe maybe not today maybe not. um so where can people find you online how can oh they God. follow you please follow me at diva deluxe no e at the end and that's me on twitter and instagram cool friend me on facebook and how do they see your show thigh gap comedy yes. and your, are you hosting gentrification yes so gentrification is the show i produce with thigh gap comedy so Danielle radford madison shepherd we do it last friday of every month so this month it is on friday the 28th do I know dates? Well, wow. Friday the 27th. 27th yeah. <laughs> I only do that because my birthday's on the 30th. So I'm like, Meh. Friday the 27th. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to, it's a really dope lineup. We have Chanel Lee from New York, Helen Hong, uh, Clayton English. He like one last comic standing. Ooh. It's a hot lineup. Rad, I love you. And love this was you. such a good episode of Casey's Freak Show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.